Welcome to the Tabernacle of Praise Pentecostal Church. We are located in the city of Fort McMurray. This is a revival church, a church that believes in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the inspired Word of God. We believe God inspired the Bible. It's for us today. We don't need to revise the Bible. We simply need to reread the Bible. If anyone should ask you which version is correct, tell them the one that tells the truth. That's the one that is correct. We would like you to know that God is moving by His Spirit. Why don't you go and invite your friends right now? Come to tune in to the Tabernacle of Praise Gospel Hour in Jesus' name. As we worship God, worship with us. to the Tabernacle of Praise Gospel Bible Hour. We are in the spirit of revival. Revival is where God revives his church. Namely, God's spirit moves as a magnet. As on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended upon all those precious believers and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and God baptized them. We're glad that you've come to join us. We want you to know and we always want you to remember that we have a free offer for you. That offer has to do with our 10 Lessons Correspondence Certificate Bible Study Program. It is free of charge. Please write to us at the Tabernacle of Praise Church, Box 5634, Fort McMurray. Our zip code is T98-3G6. At this time, I would like you to hear a song that talks about praising our Lord, God and Savior, Jesus Christ. For filling my soul with joy divine, I've got to rejoice over what he's doing in my heart. He put a new talk in these lips so fine, straighten the path for these feet of mine. He's gone to the church and signed my pardon. Took my part. I've got to praise Jesus. I've got to praise Jesus for He saved me just in time. I've got to praise Jesus. I've got to praise Jesus. I've given up, but He changed my mind. He put my feet on a path that's straight. Kept my eyes on a glorious heavenly day. He said make His ways straight. So I've got to praise. Forsake us. 
to praise Jesus. Why should we not praise him? The Bible says there is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That include your knees, my friend. And at the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess. That means your tongue, my friend. And that Jesus Christ is Lord. I would like to read in your attention today the word of the Lord found in St. John chapter 4 in verse 23 and verse 24. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Reading also very quickly in 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 41. So the nations feared the Lord, served their graven images, both the children and the children's children. As to their fathers, so do they unto this day. Verse 32 says, So they feared the Lord and made unto themselves of the lowest of men priests of the high places and sacrificed for them in the house of the high places. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away thence. I would like you today, I would like you today to focus your attention on the Word of God with me. It has to be with true worshipers. The Bible said God is the Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I'm going back to the year 721 to 726 B.C. The Bible tells me that Israel had sinned against God. The nation of Israel in those years had somehow disobeyed the prophets. The prophets were sent to them early in the morning to tell them to turn from their wicked ways and that they should come and serve the Lord their God. But the Bible tells me that they mock their prophets and they mock the kings and they tore down their altars until there was no remedy left. And so the Bible tells me that God raised up the Assyrians 
And the Assyrians came, and the Assyrians depopulated them and deported them from that country into all the parts of the world. And so the king, he brought in people from other countries, and he placed them in the land of Palestine. And when he did so, the Bible said that Israel was no longer in the country of their nativity. Hence, Samaria, after being besieged for several days and several months, now became the country of the Assyrians. And all the people that were brought in were idolatrous. And the Bible said they did not know how to worship the God of the Israelites. They did not know his manner of worship or the custom of that country. And so God would raise up lions and tigers or whatever they were, and it would slay the people. And so they went back to their king, and they said, Oh, king of Assyria, the nations whom thou hast removed from this place, we do not know how to serve their God. And we don't know the manner of their God, nor do we know how to fear their God. And so the king very wisely brought back one of the deported priests and brought him to the country and said, Now I want you to teach him how to worship the Lord. After several weeks and days of training, they end up with a Samaritan religion. The Samaritan religion was characterized by a people that feared the Lord. They feared the Lord, but they served their own gods. The Bible very plainly tells us in verse 41 of chapter 17 of 2 Kings that they built them graven images, and in those graven images, they began to bow to them. I wonder how was it not said to them as found in the 26th chapter of Leviticus and verse 1. Thou shalt have no standing image. Thou shalt have no graven image at all. You must not bow or stoop or kiss the image of some gods with eyes that cannot see or mouth that cannot speak or ears that cannot hear or hands that cannot deliver. And so the people were bowing to statues made of wood and stone, amen, and steel. And so they feared the true God, but they served their false gods. It sounds like our time today, the com complete confusion in religion today. And so Jesus Christ, when he came on the scene, he knew that somehow Samaria had to be straightened out. He knew Samaria had some questions. He knew Samaria questions were not answered. They want to know how to worship God. They want to know who this God is. And they want to know how to fear him. And the Lord told his disciples, I must need go through Samaria. The disciples didn't understand what he meant, but he says, I must need go through Samaria. And so it was a time when they were tired and when they were hungry, but he said, friends, I've got to go to Samaria. There was something in the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ that said, I must go to Samaria and I must tell them how to worship God and I must show them the right way because 700 years have gone by and no one had shown them how. And to this day and hour, 
the woman of Samaria was a beautiful example of the confusion that was in Samaria. When Jesus got to Samaria, he sat by the well. And there, as he sat by Jacob's well, here came by the most uh, illicit woman that ever could be found in that place. No one would have mingled with her, but Mr. Purity himself was unafraid to confront her with her contradictions of feelings. She was thirsting. She was hungry. She was longing for something more than the water that was in that well. And so the one that was the well of spring and life himself came right by there because he could satisfy the longing that was in her soul. No one would have mingled with her, but Jesus Christ did. He put aside all the prejudices and all the confusion that there were and says, I will talk to this woman. You must understand that the Jews would have no dealings with the Samaritans. They knew their religion were not right. They knew that they were confused. They were almost there, but not quite there. Jesus told the woman, woman, do you know who I am? She said, no, Lord. He said, give me a drink. And she went through her religious discussion. He said, woman, I want to tell you right now. He said, you, your life is not the best. And you've got some things in your life that need straightening out. And if you also knew who I was, you would ask of me for a drink, and I would have given it to you. The argument went on, and Jesus told her further, salvation is of the Jews. You worship, but you know not what you worship. And what he's saying is, you are ignorant of what you're doing. It's a salvation must be found in Jerusalem. He said, never you mind about what goes on in that mountain or this mountain right here. He said, the hour has come and the time has come when the Father seeketh true worshipers. Here is the Lord explaining to her the type of worship that God desires, the kind of truth that God desires on the inside. He desires truth on the inside. He desires purity. And so he said to her, Woman, the Father is seeking. Just like you are looking for water, the Father is looking for worshipers. He's looking for worshipers, but not just any kind of worshipers, but he wants to have true worshipers. Worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just in spirit alone, but in truth. Not just in truth alone, but in spirit. Someone said, if we worship God in truth alone, we would become nothing more like Pharisees. If we were to worship God in spirit alone, we would blow up. But if we worship God in spirit and truth, that we can grow up in the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that God, in the form of Jesus Christ, gave her revelation number one, the method of worship, how God wants to be worshipped. You can only worship God in spirit and in truth. Indirectly, he was saying, I'm not condemning you in your desire of wanting to worship 
but how you went about worshiping, it's not right. You've got to do it in spirit and truth. Why? Because God is a spirit, and we know Christ is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so she stood right there, and she looked at him, and the Bible said he went on further to describe the identity of God. When he said God is a spirit, he said, woman, God is not made of a statue. God is not made of some white marble in the form of a woman or in the form of some animal that you would come and bow and do obeisance to. God is not some lifeless, standing, motionless image that you should bow yourself to. That's so many people are doing today. But he's saying God is the spirit. As Paul wrote it, he said, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles when he preached to the woman in Samaria that was God with us in the body of Jesus Christ. God had come down to give her an understanding that she might know him that is true. And the true one was Jesus Christ. When Pilate asked what is truth, he was looking at truth personified. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. I am the way and I'm the light. And so she stood right where truth was. She stood right where the way was. He was the gate that would lead to that river that never runs dry. He said, if you believe on me, woman, out of your belly can also flow rivers of living water that you will never be thirsting again. Our Lord Jesus Christ knew how thirsting she was, how much she was thirsty for that which she couldn't afford, and so he came to offer it to her. He defined God. The God that Jesus Christ talked about is not a God that is second position God or third position God. Unto us that believe, there is only one God. I said, there's only one God. He said, there's only one God, and that one God is Jesus Christ, and beside him there is no other. He placed in her mind the most beautiful revelation she's ever heard, that God is a spirit. Number two, they that worship him must worship God in spirit and in truth. What a wonderful work God had wrought when he talked to her. He opened her mind. He opened her understanding. He filled the longing in her soul. She said, Lord, I know the Messiah cometh. When he comes, he will tell us all things. He said, woman, let me tell you, I am he. Thus he fulfilled Isaiah 43 and verse 10 that says, I am he. And beside me, there is no other God. What a revelation of people that once bowed to statues and prayed to image and, and, and icons is now worshiping the true God in spirit and in truth. And so he gave a revelation of the method of worship, how to worship God, the identity of God and his personage. What a wonderful revelation. What a wonderful liberation. 
What a wonderful emancipation. Surely the truth will set you free also if you could get in that right stream of true worship. Now we come to the revelation that Christ also wanted to give to her. We heard the apostles said, Lord, call fire down from heaven and burn up these Samaritans. He said, disciples, you don't know what spirit you're off. He said, look, man, don't you, don't you ask me to do that. I'm going to open up revival in Samaria. I'm going to call Samaria to feel the shock waves of revival. I'm going to stop revival in that place. I'm going to stop every devil in that city. I'm going to cast out every demons. And so after Pentecost, when persecution came upon the church, the Bible said, oh, my friend Philip heard from God that he should go down to Samaria. Samaria, don't give up. Truth is coming one more time. Down your street, the water that Jesus Christ talked about is about to come to you today. And so when Philip walked in Samaria, what did he see? He saw Simon the sorcerer. I'm thinking before truth came, many times sorcerers and many times amen people that don't know the power of God try to pawn themselves off as people of God. But the Bible said Philip began to preach Jesus Christ. As he preached Christ, devils trembled. Spirits cried out. Men and women and children began to feel the earthquake moving of God's spirit. I mean, right became right and wrong became wrong. There was revival in Samaria and God opened their eyes to the revelation of water baptism in Jesus' name. And when Simon saw what took place, he said, my God, I don't have what this guy has. What did he have? He had the name of Jesus Christ and the revelation of water baptism baptism in that name. Next to Bible tells us they had not received the Holy Ghost and so they told Jerusalem hey Samaria have received the word and Samaria is now baptized in Jesus Christ's name for the remission of sins and now it's time to receive the Holy Ghost and so they send the disciples down there and the apostles began to pray for them. And my friend, amen, as they began to pray, the Holy Spirit came down upon the Samaritans. And for the first time, Samaria felt the anointing of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If there was ever time, an artesian well came up in a desert land was in that place. If there was ever a time when the desert and the solitary place were glad for this great revival was in that day when Samaria's rocked, people threw away their wicked books and their witchcraft and their demonic worship and they now began to worship the true God and Simon saw how they received the Holy Ghost and said, look, I'd like to have it also to my bag of tricks. And Peter says, you're in the goal of, getting, of bitterness, rather. He said, you don't have any part a lot of this matter. And so Simon, amen, did not receive the Holy Ghost. But Samaria received the Holy Ghost. I've got some warning for you. You be careful of false worship. Not everyone who cried, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. Not everyone who called me, Lord, Jesus Christ said. 
name is going to be my disciples. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? He said, why do you come and sit as my people sit, and yet you do not what I say? Why is it that we have to bring the church and revival on a new cart like the Philistines did? We don't need that. You need to stand in the way and seek and ask for the old path. Where is the old fashioned revival way? And go back to the original. Go back to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from an eye. Not everyone will say, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. But let me tell you what true worshipers will do. True worshipers will come out from among them. True worshipers will not be partakers of the sins of Egypt. Modern-day Egypt is the world. Modern-day Egypt is the sorcery that's in our world. He says, come out from among them, my people. It's time for the church to recognize the difference between the holy and the unholy. It's time for the church to recognize the difference between the pure and the impure. Let me tell you, godly worship will be like this where you praise God in the sanctuary, where you praise him in the firmament of his power, where you praise him for his mighty acts, you praise him according to his excellent greatness and his name, you praise him according to the sound of the trumpet, you praise him with the psaltery and the harp, you praise him with the timbre and the dance, you praise him with the string instruments and organs, you praise him for the loud sounding cymbals, you praise him for the high sounding cymbals, and the Bible said that everything that has spread praise the Lord, it's time to praise the Lord when you worship God. Your life will be changed. Your cussing will be changed. You'll begin to worship God. But I want to warn those churches who think we are fanatical. Amen. When, when Michael saw that David brought the ark home, the Bible says she mocked him, she cursed him, and God closed her womb. Some churches might as well close their doors because their womb are closed and there are no children being born. Revival is cut in their churches. They're dead. They're dead. They're dried up and they're left without Jesus Christ. It's time to find the true worshipers. God is a spirit and they worship him. They must worship him in spirit and in truth. If Ichabod is written upon the post of the church, then it means the glory has departed. It means the spirit has taken away itself from them. But the church that has the Holy Ghost will have revival. They will have the power of God. God will be moving up and down that place. On the day of Pentecost, they were act like they were drunkards. They act like they were endued with power from an eye. We have now come to a very socialized church where everybody is so formalized. Everybody is so stoic. Everybody is so sophisticated. And God is no longer in the church. And so God is left out of the church. But it's time to get back to the original worshipers. God! in the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth if you want to serve God it's time to repent of your sins it's time to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 you need to obey that Lord God I pray for this congregation today and I pray for those that are listening out there that they might feel the power of God and turn to the true God with all their heart. You have just heard the truth proclaimed from the Word of God. 
or this tape right to the Tabernacle of Praise, Box 5634, Fort McMurray, Alberta, Canada, T98-3G6. Why not invite your friends to tune to this station next week? Until then, this is Pastor Trevor Neal wishing you God's richest blessings.